This is Flipping the Script Podcast, the soon-to-be number one leadership podcast for purpose-driven leaders and great guest experts who give us a unique insight into what leadership looks like behind the scenes. I'm Shalia Stafford, your host, and I'm committed to helping you lead your challenges using leadership strategies to gain new perspectives, fuel your growth, and transform the way you execute on your success. Welcome back, everyone. It's Shalia here. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Leading your purpose, authenticity, and courage while balancing the intention of your career, relationships, and staying connected to yourself can feel overwhelming and sometimes impossible. How we navigate this part of our leadership tends to remain unspoken until now, because here's the thing. The reality is our success doesn't simply come from tidbits of motivation. It comes by challenging ourselves and how we define our experiences to connect our actions to our bigger picture while embracing the rougher parts of our journey. So where do we begin? How do we navigate this part? Not alone, because every leader worth following has rumbled with this in their journey. And today you will be meeting Ayelet Shipley from New York, a leader worth following who will be sharing the organic journey of leading our lives through the rough in-between parts. Ayelet is the host of Get Out of Bed and Out of Your Head podcast. Ayelet received her undergraduate degree in psychology is in her second year of her master's in clinical social work program at New York University. Having worked in the mental health field for years, she has a deep understanding of working with adults and children experiencing mental health problems, as well as working with individuals with special needs. After experiencing both anxiety and depression for over a decade, Ayala is passionate about tackling these issues that can often control someone's life. Just as she has learned to tackle anxiety and still continues to on a daily basis, she has dedicated her mission to helping those suffering with anxiety and depression just like her. Ayala, thank you so much for joining us. We're so grateful to have you with us and spend the next 30 minutes really exploring this journey with you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. As a tradition on our show, we like to ask our guests a few fire away questions to get to know you a little bit better. Shall we fire away? Fire away. Here we go. What is, what is something that you're curious about right now? So something I'm curious about and that I've always been curious about is really how the mind works and how to control the mind in order to like live a better, more purposeful life. What do you understand today about your life that you didn't understand a year ago? Something that I understand today is that I am enough, especially when it comes to relationships, both romantic and friendships. It took me a long time to realize this, but I've finally come to the understanding that I'm enough and more in all of those ways. So what is something that you will never do? Something I will never do. There's nothing I'm going to say that I will never do because I don't know what life is going to throw at me. So if you woke up tomorrow and you discovered that everything in life was now free, what's the first thing you would do? The first thing I would do is I would book a trip to Tonga and go swim with the whales. So what is something that makes you uncomfortable? Something that makes me uncomfortable, but I actually thrive off of it, is going into new situations with no one I've ever met before. But I try to do that as often as I can to make myself more comfortable. So I know it sounds like contradictory, but it is something that does make me Mm. uncomfortable. But I tend to thrive off of that. It almost sounds like you're building your resilience level there. It's exactly what I try to do. So if you were to break up your life up to this point, 
into three chapters and give each chapter a title, what would you call those three chapters? So because I am only 23 right now, my chapters in years would be short. However, um, I would just bringing them up into chapters of self-discovery, I would really go chapter one would and they've, I think they've all happened kind of recently is how we'd break them up. Chapter one would be not quite knowing who I am, but trying to figure out. Chapter two would be understanding, but really trying to grapple with who I am and who I want to be. And then chapter three would be being in a new process of who I am and who I am striving to be while trying to grapple with the past and make it into the future of me. Okay, so that's a perfect segue into really understanding what your journey has been like. So I wish many people could have heard our conversation a week ago because there were so many nuggets that we found and just really sharing our stories and getting into the the vulnerable parts of what this journey really looks like. And at both of both you and I share the we don't hold back. We know that there are some parts that are more difficult to navigate, um, but that we have it in us to do that. But they're all tools and strategies that we need. You're doing your what you are doing, you get to live and work your purpose every day. And that is such a gift. But that doesn't mean that it's always sunshine and rainbows every day. Exactly. Where did the part of anxiety and depression start for you? So the part of anxiety and depression started for me around when I was 12 years old. And Originally, I think it was a biological part of me. When you often go through puberty is when um, a lot of anxiety and depression come about. So depression came first for me. And it started weirdly not even just trying to grasp my own who I was, but really a biological part where I actually took birth control and that gave me my first oppressive episode. So that's really where it started originally, which is kind of interesting. Did you know at the time that you were experiencing anxiety and depression? Because I know you had mentioned you have a family of psychologists. Yeah. So when I hit my first major depressive episode at the age of 14, I, I did not know because I just thought I wanted to stay in bed all day and felt emptiness. But my mom recognized it very quickly for me. Um, and said like, we are in a, she is in a depressive episode. What are we going to do about it? So although I didn't recognize it, my family around me, luckily I'm surrounded by therapists and psychologists. They recognized it. So what was that like growing up with therapists and psychologists? So it's so interesting because I'm in a family where everyone is constantly evaluating how we feel. We're so open with each other. Like my family, there is nothing off the table at a dinnertime discussion. Everyone talks, well, at least I do and my mom does. Yeah, everyone talks about everything. Sometimes my little sister gets very uncomfortable when we start going into anything that I feel like I want to talk about. But there's all of these feelings, especially at um, major family gatherings. We process our emotions and we talk about it. And I'm not the only one in my family that struggles with mental health issues. My cousins do as well. Actually, a lot more severe than I do. So it is a major topic of discussion. So it's really interesting to watch our whole family as everyone puts their own opinions into what's going on and why are we feeling the way we're feeling. 
So it's very funny to watch. Oh, I would love to be at that dinner table discussion. (laughs) How has their work and their impact in your life influenced your work and what you're currently working on? Because it's certainly not an easy feat, the journey you're taking. Yeah. So I started working. The reason I got into all of this is my aunt runs a therapeutic horseback riding ranch for kids with special needs out in LA. So at the age of 13, I started going out there in the summers to go work with her. And pretty much from that point on, I was like, I want to be a therapist. I want to help people, whether it's with mental health or special needs and use therapeutic riding as a tool. So I've always known I wanted to be a therapist, I think because of my mom. But then from the work that my aunt was doing out there, that's when I really knew. And so it's influenced me from that point on. I've always known. Having had these experiences with your family and really learning what it looks like to express what's going on in your internal world to make sense of your external world, how did that shift when you got into that outside world and you saw that most of most people aren't doing that? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because it was always a world I was exposed to. So then I think when even when I graduated my undergraduate, but even going into my undergraduate and seeing that people really didn't talk about this stuff. It was like, for me, it was abnormal, but then it kind of made me kind of go into myself and say, maybe I shouldn't be talking about these things. Maybe this isn't a socially acceptable thing. And that's when I started to really internalize a lot of my feelings rather than being able to express them. And I think that had a major effect on my own anxiety and depression, where it started skyrocketing because none of this stuff was talked about. And it's come, it's kind of come full circle until now when I realized that this, this is my life goal and mission, that this does need to be talked about. So it really affected me internally when I came into the world where I realized that no one was talking about this stuff. So how was this experience for you when you went through the motions of understanding, I'm I'm feeling anxiety, I'm feeling depression, and I'm sure your parents connected you with all the right resources to begin that journey. After you started that journey and you went to therapy, did it just all of a sudden get better? No, it didn't. And what's interesting is um, my highest spikes in anxiety and depression were when I was an undergrad. So my family wasn't really around to see all of it. And I had only shared it with close friends. So when I went through my major depressive episode in college, it my mom, my best friend actually called my mom to come down because she didn't know how to handle this situation. And that's when I started the journey of therapy, but it didn't just all of a sudden get better. I was still living this everyday life where I was trying to, to grapple with it. Um, but there were still spikes in anxiety and depression throughout my undergraduate career. So even though I was connected to my family and resources, it wasn't just something that became better for me. It took a really, really, really long time. Um, and it's still a struggle. Nothing just gets better, especially with mental health. And there are cycles that you go through and it's about having those resources. But, um, just because I was connected to resources immediately, it didn't, didn't just shift for me. What has, how has this journey evolved and what you first learned about it to where you are now? Yeah. So from what, what I first, it's so different when you're in school and you're learning about it and I have a passion for learning about it. 
And then when I came into the field as a graduate student, you start working, truly working and immersing yourself in the field. And that's been my biggest shift and change for me, um, really experiencing it because now I've experienced the pain that all these people feel because I don't think I was truly experiencing the pain when I was working in the summers. But now that I do this every single day, especially with my internship in graduate school, it's a matter of experiencing vicarious trauma and through the hardships that these people go through and feeling their pain as well as my own pain and trying to understand how to manage my own self while helping all of these other people has been my biggest challenge. And so it's just been a shift of learning to now experiencing has been so eye-opening and really hard to grasp, but it's like every day I have to remind myself of why I'm doing this and what I want from this and how do I get through it both emotionally and physically because I often feel exhausted at the end of the day between the internship and between my own entrepreneurial career as well. So that's been a really big change for me. So when we're facing these moments of change, challenge, or even transition, we tend to get stuck in our heads. And most times that place isn't one that serves our growth. Where do you find that this stems from? And what can we do to make those shifts when we are in our head? And it's mostly in these times of change. Yeah, so... Being in our head is all about what my podcast is about because my biggest struggle was just to get out of my head in order to get out of bed. And it's about being able to understand your own thoughts and then be able to shift them into something. So often a tool that I use is transforming my negative thoughts into positive thoughts because we have something um, called a thoughts, feelings, actions, triangle. And so what I experience is I have a thought that comes into my head, then my feelings go with it. And then my actions uh, go after my thoughts and my feelings. So what I have to do is I have to observe my thoughts and then change them from my negative cognitive distortions into positive ones. So it's something I practice every day where when I have a negative thought that comes into my head, I learn to shift it into a positive and then it takes practice and it takes doing it over and over again, but then making that positive. And then my my feelings change to be positive and then the actions and the way I kind of have that perspective shift on life ends up being more positive than before. That's interesting because when we think about where even our thoughts stem from, where do we learn this programming of these thoughts that don't necessarily serve us and can come from cognitive biases that we have or any limited beliefs or things that we learn throughout time? Where do these come from? And then to intersect into the feelings, is there an aspect of having to have an understanding of even just emotional awareness to move into the action part? Yeah. So Being that that that's a two-part question, a lot of us think that our thoughts come out of nowhere, but the truth is they don't. A lot of it's from experience and it's from our past experience. And some people think that, oh, this thought just popped into my head, but it doesn't. So then that leads into the second part of the question is your feelings. 
And the feelings that you're experiencing are coming from these thoughts. So being aware constantly of what you're feeling allows you to observe your thoughts better. And that's something that I have been practicing more and more of observing my feelings every single day and either writing it down in my notes in my phone or just thinking about it in my head or releasing it to someone that I can talk to in the moment, like my mom or a friend and like saying like, this is how I feel right now. What's happening? And then what was the thought that preceded that is a lot of how we can become aware of our own feelings so that we know where our thoughts come from. And then we can change those thoughts so that we can change those feelings. And it's not this leads to this and that leads to that. It's, right. it's not a linear cycle. It goes back and forth all the time. Do you find that sometimes it's hard for some people to define what they're feeling? Yeah, I think that I see it in my friends all the time. Some people, one, they don't want to know what they're feeling. And it's easier to act a certain way without being aware of your feelings. Because being aware of your feelings isn't, isn't an easy thing because then you have to address it. And a lot of us try to block that out because not feeling and numbing is is easier than feeling because I especially am someone that feels things super deeply. So for me, it's a really hard thing. And I can only imagine what it's like for other people that have gone through significant hardships in life or even necessarily everyone goes through things that are hard for them, no matter what that is. So becoming wanting to become aware of your feelings is a really hard step to take. But honestly, in becoming aware of your feelings and wanting to become aware, it it can make you a better person down the road in all aspects of your life, in leadership, which is what you talk about, in relationships, in friendships, in all of those different aspects. You talk a lot about the in-between parts. Can you share a little bit more about why this is so important for us to understand when we're going through a process, through the process of evolving? Yeah. So in between to me means a few different things. I talk about in between a lot when it comes to anxiety as well as depression. So I obviously go to therapy every week. As a therapist, you're pretty much required to go to therapy every week as well as it's something that I've been doing for years. But what I found is I don't get my panic attacks when I'm when I'm in my therapist's office, I get my panic attacks when I'm walking down the street, when something pops up into my head and when a thought comes and a feeling comes and then I'm overwhelmed. And so being able to understand my feelings and being able to have the tools to control my panic attacks or stop them before they go into a full spin of them is really important. So those in-between moments for me are those everyday moments when I'm walking down the street. It's not when I'm going through the process of observing or when I'm in class and we're talking about this stuff or in my therapist's office, like talking about my cognitions and everything like that. It's those everyday moments where you're not expecting things and it things happen because you can't control what happens in life. Things are thrown at you every single day and you have to deal with those in-between moments. You have led the shift in your life into this entrepreneur journey from something as that was already in motion for you in, in terms of your career as a therapist and what that was going to look like. And now you've started a business. What's led you to make this shift in your life? Yeah. So long story short is 
I was at a, a marketing conference and I was talking to someone and everyone around me kept asking what business I was in. And I was like, I'm not in business. I'm, I'm going to be a therapist. I'm in graduate school. <laughs> I'm not in business. And then one person, I asked, what do you do? And they said, I'm in real estate or whatever, but I'm here with my daughter and she would love, she was, she's 12, by the way. She would love to do something to help kids with anxiety and depression. And I don't know what prompted me to say this, but I said, that's so amazing because I've struggled with anxiety and depression for the last 12, 10 to 12 years of my life. And this is something that's so needed. And I never share this publicly. Like this was kind of, this happened in August and I didn't really share my feelings with publicly at all about this. And that kind of clicked for me. And I was like, so sorry, I said that a little bit wrong. And he looked down at his daughter and he said, see, you're not alone. And that's when I realized Mm -hmm. that this is something that's so needed because people are going through this and every single day. And that's a huge need in society is people feel alone. And that's when this journey is the hardest, your anxiety and depression, like your own personal journey is the hardest is when you feel alone. And I'm lucky that I had a support system, but even in those times, you still feel so alone. So getting that message out there was what really started me on that entrepreneurial journey because I realized, and then I met someone else on that journey who shared openly about his vulnerabilities with depression and suicidality and how he's able to help people through that. And I realized that I have my own background in this. Like I have an educational background. So this can not only help other people, but it can become my life's mission. And so, yeah, it was a struggle to now become openly vulnerable about that. But it was like, that's what clicked for me is I need to help people do this. And I have the background to be able to do so. So let's figure out how to make this happen as a business and as a journey. And how has anxiety and vulnerability been a part of this journey for you? At first, it was really hard to put myself out there. And just because I knew once I put myself on social media and my podcast, I was like, everyone's going to know everything about me. And it it took a little bit of coaching from my podcast coach. Um to be able to do that. And when I hit that first record button, that was the hardest thing I ever did. And then it became easier from there. But I remember saying to my mom, why is anyone going to want to date me once they see all my problems that I have? And it came, it's a whole journey for me to be able to realize it's not problems. It's a journey and like self-discovery and anxiety and depression It's a part of who I am and it's made me stronger throughout the years and better able to understand other people as well. So being vulnerable and the anxiety, it's made me stronger and I love that I'm doing it now, but at first it was so hard to put myself out there and to just say it. But people have reached out to me now, people that I've known for years that didn't know I was struggling with this and being like, thank you so much for doing this and putting yourself out there because I've struggled with this so deeply. And knowing that you go through this, just anything helps. So that's like what's kind of made this all worth it for me. Mm, I sympathize so much with that because when I first um, started recording the first episode for this podcast, I kid you not, it sat on 
my computer for months, just going through the motions of all the thoughts of once you put it out there, it's out there and you're sharing very vulnerable parts of your journey. But at the end of the day, it's when we get to see the impact that it has on others that makes every part of that journey worthwhile. Exactly. It's so hard to be vulnerable sometimes, but then you realize like impact is the reason we do what we do because that's what it is. It's all about impact and helping others. And I think that's the most important part to both you and I. And it's not easy. I know people see a lot of the, you know, the Instagram profile, the LinkedIn profile, the Facebook, the accomplishments that are happening. But the journey and the entrepreneurial side of this and even doing the work that we're doing, it's difficult. It brings up and resurfaces a lot of things within us too that we have to constantly navigate and just simply having the tools and the strategies and the awareness to notice what's going on and continue and knowing that this will be a part of the path and it's the beauty of the journey that we get to continuously evolve in doing so and stepping into that that's what brings out being courageous. That's what brings out our authenticity because we know who we are. We've tested what's important to us under pressure. We've walked through it. And those are the things that helps us get closer to our our authentic state. And being authentic, I think, is the most important. And my favorite, my favorite person that Gave, who, I, who I don't know personally, but I obviously read her books all the time is Brene Brown. And she talks about jumping into the arena. And like, I, ever since hearing that, like, that's been my goal is there's no point in sitting in the cheap seats anymore. Jump into the arena and be your authentic self because what's going to ha- it's better to jump in and fail than to not and regret. So what makes you the most proud of in your journey? I think I'm just the most proud that I've been able to do this myself, not and with the help of so many other people. And it's made me more um, extroverted as well as like, I have been reaching out to people, especially like through my dad's help, because he's in the marketing industry. And I never thought that I could jump into entrepreneurship. I never thought that was an option for me. I didn't even didn't even know about it. Like I didn't think that was at all a thing for me. And so the fact that I've been able to take on these kind of two roles and merge them into one is something I'm most proud of and being able to impact lives as well as create a life for myself is something that I'm the most proud of. What's been the most difficult moment? The most difficult moment um, for me is I can't share all the details just because of privacy issues for this person, but watching someone I am very close to within the business struggle with the problems that I talk about and have um, and not being able to fix it has been my biggest struggle is because like my whole life is devoted to helping people, but understanding that like my job is to empower people to help themselves and to give them the tools, but not just to jump in and fix things. So watching this person who I feel so close to struggle with this right now is has been the hardest thing for me to not just be able to fix things for this person, but rather to just let this person know that I'm there and to give them the tools and to empower them to help themselves when they're ready. 
So that's so interesting because I think a lot of us struggle with this. Everyone is well-intentioned and we want to help. And part of it is being patient long enough to see the outcomes when you do just what you described, just being there, listening through giving them that space to just be there for them and not try to fix anything. What did you learn after you you got through that and you saw that's maybe perhaps what he needed the most or what she needed the most and what it did for you and learning it's okay to just listen and to just be here? So the thing is with this experience that I'm going through right now, it's it's still a progress and we kind of haven't reached that other side yet but i've gone through this with other friends as well as clients of mine and what comes from and as well as myself because my family and friends have tried to be there for me and i don't let them in in the process but i know that they're there and so i know for me in the end that's the most important thing is that just that they come out on the other side of it. And I can't fix things for a lot of my friends that have gone through this, but they've thanked me in the end for just saying like, thank you for listening and thank you for being supportive and not trying to tell me what to do. Because I think that's the hardest part is allowing yourself to say, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but just to be there and listen. And so with this one situation, yes, it's, it's still really hard to go through this, but all I want is for this person to come out on the other side of things and to be okay. So for me, that's the most important part. And it's really hard emotionally on my end, but I know emotionally on their end, it's way harder. So I think that's the biggest struggle and to know you can't necessarily fix things. So as we wrap up the show, we love to have our guests leave our audience with the challenge based on our conversation, what challenge would you give, give our audience to help them leave the complexities of really driving their purpose, their authenticity, and the complexities of success during the in-between parts of life? Yeah. So the challenge I'm going to leave your listeners with is one, like I said before, jump into the arena jump in, especially with vulnerability. And that can be within yourself. So notice your feelings and your notice your thoughts once a day. And then notice the feelings that come after that. And see how you feel and see if that can change your perspective. And then if you have that negative thought after you notice it, try to change it into the positive. And do that one time a day for one week and see if anything changes. On December 22nd, Ayelet will be launching the Anxiety Hacker Toolbox Workbook. This is a workbook by leading experts in the mental health field that will provide the essential foundation to gain control over your anxiety and panic attacks to help you live life on your terms. If you're interested, all the details will be included in the show notes as well as Ayelet's podcast, which I encourage everyone to go check out and continue listening to more on what it takes to lead the in-between parts of your life. It's called Get Out of Bed, Out of Your Head. To our listeners, the ball is in your court. I challenge you to take action, continue the difficult conversations to lead the complexities of success while living inspired. You are listening to Flipping the Script, Leadership Behind the Scenes. We'll see you on our next episode. Thank you so much, Ayala. Thank you. 
If you found even the smallest nugget of wisdom in this episode, share it with a friend and your friend will thank you. 